Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to Racing Boys, and if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got a lot of guests on. Mike Marler is going to be joining us here in just a moment. Jacob Allen will be joining us a little bit later. And Chase Rodman will be joining us as well. So we got a great show lined up for you today. And I can't wait. Todd Surprise running the show as he does each and every day. He does a, let me tell you something. Todd Surprise is absolutely the best producer that we could ever have right here at Racing Boys. I'm just telling you, Todd, you are the man when it comes to taking care of the show. And I appreciate all your hard work that you've had to do here this morning because we've, 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 we've got a lot going on here this morning, don't we, but we're juggling, aren't we? We're juggling a little bit, aren't we? I appreciate you <laughs> right. saying that. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of wiggle room in what we do over here when we're you know when you're a, a skeleton crew like we are. We have to keep it bare bones if anybody wants to go home happy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, we're what you don't see behind the scenes. It's kind of like the duck on the water, right? The du- above the water, everything's calm. Yep, no but doubt. below that water, there's a frenzy going on, man. So that's, hey, that's where we're Hey, at. listen, I, I'm just telling you, Kirk and I can't thank you enough for what I, you do for I, us. I buddy. appreciate it. I appreciate both you guys. You guys are awesome. And, and uh, like I said, consider it family, not not work. It's more family. So like yep, I said, no I, I appreciate it. everything. You're, you're like a brother to us. I appreciate you know it. And the, and the countdown is on, right, Todd? <laughs> to the big wedding. <laughs> I found, I've, got my, I've got my whole ensemble ready and the haircut is wednesday so your daughter is getting married uh, when wednesday happens that's when you know (laughs) when my hair is all gone then that's when you know are you gonna cut your hair yeah like i did before are you really you're gonna cut it off yeah yeah like i do every three years it's your daughter's wedding i want to have pictures that'll remind me i'm really you know some really my everybody's like don't do it but i'm like hey hey let me let me ask you this what do you think of your son-in-law? A really nice kid. He's a good kid. Good kid. Tell me, tell me a little bit about him. Well, he he's he's in college. Hunter is his name. Hunter's right? his name, and he's what he wants to do and what he's doing right now is two different things, obviously. But right. I think he's going to end up working for the state of Kansas because Zoe's got some contacts now at the state of Kansas. Right. And so he may end up changing what he's doing, but he his whole he's um. He wanted to be a forest ranger or part of the forestry industry or part of the national parks agent. You know, that's what his whole, there's not a lot of money in that, but there right. is a lot of good travel with that and good locations. But for their honeymoon, let's say they're going to Seattle, then they're hitting all these 
forest and national parks and stuff. So um, so they're going to Seattle for their honeymoon. Yeah, it's not Seattle, the city, but in the city part. But they're going out in the they, the place, the bed and breakfast they're staying at is uh, going to have a has a lake, um, mountains. I'm, I'm really familiar with Seattle. So they're just so you they're know. gonna so they're two nights in that one night in the city, then two more nights in another place, and then traveling on the way back. So. Well, I got on there the other day and accepted the you got invitation. That, you got the bar scan, did you? Bar scan, so that's like and a Hunter, new. That's like says. a new a new way of doing invitations. You know that? Yeah. Uh, they have barcodes, people, where you scan the QR code, QR and code and the QR code takes you to the website, and yep. that's how you confirm it. So, not have gone to the old days with the stuffed envelope. Did did Deidre confirm? Oh that yeah, we've no, come she's in? everybody's everybody's confirmed. They uh, you know they've got a great website on there that kind of it's, it's bliss everything bliss. out. I, I tell you, Todd, it it's going to be one of the highlights of the year watching you walk your daughter down. Well, the aisle. I'm nervous as hell. I'm uh, just going to. Uh, are, are you gonna, are you nervous? Are you really? kidding me? Are you really nervous? My wedding had. About 50 people, and me and my wife were the only two on the stage. We had nobody standing up with this. It was me and my wife and the preacher, and it was a lady preacher. I mean, it was the most un... Do you ever watch the 90 Day Fiance? I've seen it. I don't watch it. Deidre has got me kind of obsessed <laughs> oh with watching God. that thing. That's a rough one. To... And, and listen, <laughs> there's there's a bunch of weddings going on right now. There is. Right there now. is. And, and be honest with you. We thought one of them was going to stand one of them up. Yeah, I saw that they had some issues on yeah, there. Yeah, well, no well we don't need any of that kind yeah, of Yeah, let's just say everything's... Uh, so uh, that's not going to happen now. Everything's well. a go. Um, <laughs> all the last T's have been crossed and the almost last I's have been dotted. So, uh, Hey, Marie says we love you, Todd. We appreciate I appreciate We love you too, Marie. I, like I said, I... She is I'm, absolutely... A, uh, you know, I communicate with marie during the races i don't know if you know that yeah i know that you guys uh, so we, we we text back and forth and let me tell you marie is absolutely one of the most loyal listeners that we have just, just to be honest with you and I, we love all I, our listeners. i really i really love communicating back and forth with her during the races yeah. And um, we have some great, great fans that really, hey, you know, that tune in every week. And Marie's number one. And there's, you know, she's absolutely number one. There's number one, A, two, and three. Like I said, all of our fans are great. And since we've started this and this podcast, you know, we've gotten a whole different group of people that we had during right. track talk. So, you know, we've kind of broadened our horizon. You know, when you come on a different time, you catch a different audience. Our morning show is a whole different audience, guys, compared to our. Our, this show <laughs> this show is yeah because this is really a national show absolutely really. yeah. uh, and people listen from all around the yeah. country and we get a, we get the same on saturday morning but we also have to gear towards our local affiliate who carries our first hour i mean right we are kansas city sports radio 810 and we're the you know we're the nascar and the racing part of their show so we have to right. gator a little bit to it but don't get don't get us wrong guys we talk everything on that track talk show if you haven't tuned into it tune in saturday morning eight o'clock it's a really good show like it's awful early for some of the people on uh, on the west coast east coast Coast, yeah but like you say man it's a really good show we've been doing it what kirk and scott's been doing 24 years now 
Yep. No I've doubt. been listening for 20 years, so. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, and I know this show, we focus more on sprint car racing, dirt late model racing, that kind of thing. Uh, very seldom do we ever bring up NASCAR, but Scott... We got to talk about that NASCAR race yesterday. Oh, uh, no doubt about it. We got to talk about that. I uh, in a good way. In a good way. Daniel Suarez. Did Did you feel that he won the race? I, at first, I thought Ryan Blaney won. I did too. Yeah, I did too. It yeah. was three wide at the start <laughs> finish line. Too. Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, and Daniel Suarez. And it at first glance, it looked like Ryan Blaney won. But when they showed the photo picture. You could you could see that Daniel Suarez actually won the race. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, listen, I I I I was kind of pulling. Listen, the, that wreck, that race yesterday was full of wrecks. Only five cars didn't have damage in that race, yeah. right? That's crazy. Only they five put a, they cars. Put a graphic up there and said these are the cars that have not been involved in a wreck this year, and there was five of them. Right. The, and you know, Daniel Suarez was not one of those five cars. He was caught up in the wreck on lap two. Hey, 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 what do you feel about the racing that we see at Atlanta this year? Well, it's uh, third year that we've seen this kind of racing because they reconfigured and repaved the racetrack. All right, two Kurt, years just ago. just tell me it's the third year. Just go it's ahead and just say year. it. Yeah, it's the fifth race on this new configuration. I, 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 I've got that. I'm I'm just talking about the race that we saw yesterday. A great race yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there were a lot of wrecks. I get that. A lot of cars tore up. Yesterday. But we're get. I think that's the product of not a lot of practice anymore. You're going to get guys that are going to try things because they hadn't gotten to try them in practice. We. I mean, practice is super important. I don't know. Yeah. No. I. Would, you I would agree with you on that. And Todd. I think you're just going to see a few more carnage. And I think they're kind of going to. You see these cars now. Scott Kirkman was talking about the other day. These cars are banging against the wall now. And you're able to still be able to race. You're, as long as you're not head-on into something, these guys are able to finish races. These races nowadays on these mile-and-a-halves, they've put a lot more banking in. It's like what they did out at Kansas Speedway. Kansas Speedway is maybe one of the best races of the year, in my eyes. Would yeah, you agree I, with I, me I on like that? It, for the traditional mile-and-a-half racetrack, I like Kansas Speedway about as much as any of them out there. Homestead's a good racetrack. Uh, I'd like Kansas I, Speedway puts on about as good races as anybody. Any I would other. like to be able to go down to uh, Atlanta and watch one of those races yeah. live. And it's it's like a mini Talladega and Daytona, really, because these cars are bunched up so tight. Well, yeah, they that's what a lot of the drivers were saying, or I mean, not drivers, but a lot of the fans were saying. This has become one of their. I, they talked to a few drivers that travel. I've listened on the pre post race show and. This one's becoming one of their more favorite tracks to go watch just because, of like what you guys were saying, Kirk, is they are bunched up, but yet you're carrying super speeds, man. I mean, it's 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 awesome That's to watch. That's why you see so many cars getting piled up as they're bunched up so tight. One guy gets out of shape, it's going to collect a bunch of cars. Like in that wreck in lap two, I think it collected 16 cars. It was. There were 16 cars involved in that wreck at the, at, at the start of the race. Right. Yeah, no doubt so, about it. So uh, somebody has trouble. Hey, it's it's going to catch up a lot of other drivers. Listen, I, I want to talk a little bit about sprint car racing before we run off everybody that wants to listen to the show and doesn't want to listen about NASCAR. I, I want to talk about Jacob Allen's win the other night. He picked up $20,000, and Justin Peck, he got around him there with about 14 laps to go, and um, he, he took the lead. And then Jacob Allen got back around him. About five laps to go. 
with five laps to go. Yeah. Right. And uh, it looked like Peck kind of drifted up a little bit wide coming out of turn number four. He, he, missed that the, allowed, he, he missed the corner a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that allowed Jacob to uh, slide down to the bottom and retake the lead. And uh, that's a big win for Jacob Allen. If you remember last year, he uh, decided to uh, take a break from racing there for a few weeks. Yep, no and, doubt. And uh, now he looks rejuvenated and recharged his batteries and ready to go. And we'll uh, look forward to talking to Jacob more about that coming up here a little bit later on in the hour. But that that's a huge win for Jacob Allen to be able to pull that off the other night. Tyler Courtney ended up in second place, and Justin Peck uh, finished up in third. You know, I, I think me personally – um, the Deuces Wild race was really my favorite part of it was watching Mike Marler win that race, that late model race. Wasn't it you? Big win for him. For you. It, 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 for me, personally, yeah. I always root for Mike Marler, to well, be honest with you. Great guy. Nice guy. He, he never says no to the racing boys. Every time we try to get him on the show, he never says no. And that makes him a really good guy in my eyes. And he said yes today, right? He's coming on here in a few minutes. He's going to be on here in just a few minutes with us. Uh, He uh, trailed in the first couple. He started on the outside of the front row of that race, trailed the first couple of laps. Once he's able to take the lead, he he sped on from there, the 50-lap race, to uh, pick up his first big victory of the year. Brandon Shepard, I thought, maybe might have had a shot at him. There were a couple of times he had Chris Madden right there. Brandon Overton was running in the top three for a while, but uh, great run for Mike Marler, able to maneuver around that racetrack. He made no mistakes, didn't bobble one time. If he had a, maybe Brandon Shepard might have might have got him, but uh, perfect run for Mike Marler to pick up the $20,000 I, I think Mike Marler had more speed than anybody else that night. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't think Brandon Shepard had a chance to pass him because yeah. Mike Marler ended up winning that race by, what was it, about by a second, right? He he led that race by about as much as by a second at one second point. Second or two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and see, he's in a new ride this year, Highline Motorsports. He jumped in that car at the end of last year, if you remember, down at the World Finals at uh, Charlotte. Uh and uh, he is uh, hooked up with Brunings and, uh, you know, Tyler Brunings, cause kind of a sister car to that. And, uh, boy, they, they've been strong right out of the gate. Ever since Mike jumped in that 157 Highline Motorsports car, he's been strong right out of the gate. And uh, he uh, proved it again the other night. I was a little disappointed in Chris Madden. I thought that he was going to give Mike Marler a little bit more of a run. Didn't you think he was going to give him? A yeah, I did too, especially in light of the fact that Madden started on the pole at this race. Right. Yeah, Marler no was on the outside of the front row. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, Madden might have a little bit more for him, but Brandon Shepard uh, probably looked the strongest of any of them coming from uh, the outside of the second row. He ended up in second, and Brandon Shepard uh, now with he's driving the. Uh, Longhorn factory car, they call it. It's not the house car. They right. call it the Longhorn factory car. And Shepard and his whole family are all in on that. And looks like he's going to have a strong year in 2024. Jonathan Davenport started third, and he kind of went backwards a little bit. He ended up running fifth. But I was a little surprised by that, 
weren't you, Kirk, a little bit? Yeah, Jonathan, uh, he's won one race this year. I think he had a win down at uh, East Bay one night, and he's had some strong finishes, but not at the level where he was two years ago where he just dominated everything. But the biggest takeaway we've seen so far of the first several races that we've seen in the Lucas Hole Late Model Series and even the World of Outlaw Series it doesn't look like we're going to see any one driver go and just dominate this year. Last year, it was Ricky Thornton Jr., Bobby Pierce winning the World of Outlaw late model title. Uh, and the year before that, Jonathan Davenport won all the big-time races. It looks like we're going to spread the wealth around a lot more this year, just based on uh, 13 different Lucas Oil late model winners so far this year and uh, just the different... Uh, different winners that we've had this year would indicate that uh, we're going to see a lot of different winners throughout the year. Kyle Larson started 14th. He ended up running ninth. Um, I, I just don't see the speed in that car. Do you see it? No. And, you know, just uh, the whole thing is qualifying. you got to qualify well. Right. And, and it doesn't matter if you're in late models or sprint cars. If you don't qualify well with the competition the way it is, you don't get a good starting spot in the A main. You're going to have trouble. Late model racing is maybe, I, I hate to say this, but it's, it is as competitive as it can be right now in late model racing. Wouldn't you agree with yes, that, sir? Kurt? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you don't qualify well and you don't win your heat race or finish up front and make the transfer to get yourself up into at least a top 10 starting spot in the A main, you're going to have a hard time winning feature races. Yep. And that's the way it's proven out this year so far. All of the drivers that's won features have gotten good starting spots up towards the front of the field. No doubt. Um, Ricky Thornton Jr. is the point leader right now, and Hudson O'Neill is about five points back from Ricky Thornton Jr. Hudson O'Neill is Jonathan Davenport is back about um, 20 points, and um, and you take it, and Mike Marler is currently eighth in the top 10 point standings right now yeah so in, in the lucas hole late model series you're concerned about the top four because uh towards the end of the year they'll determine the final four for the final three or four races of the year including the dirt track world championship and dalton wilson who has won one race this year is among that top four and maybe that would surprise a lot of people but dalton wilson winning his very first lucas hole late model uh, race here a couple of weeks ago, running in the top four. Devin Moran is one driver, Scott, that has uh, his season off to a great start. He always runs well down in Florida, and this year is no different. Didn't have uh, that great of a run at Golden Isle this weekend, but uh, he's certainly a guy that can challenge for the uh, for the final four this year, along with Brandon Shepard. And Jimmy Owens, another driver that's running much better this year. He's had some good runs this year, including a win at East Bay. He's a driver that's running much better than he did a year ago. So he's the guy that uh, you want to look for to challenge. The only other driver that he's a two-time champion of the Lucas Hole Late Model Series, Tim McCready. He's been up and down. He's won a race this year. He's, he's dominated ninth, a race he's ninth at in Altec. points right now. Kurt. Right. He dominated a race at Alltech speedway here a couple of weeks ago but he's he's been up and down this year but uh yeah still he's a guy that you would look to uh win his share of races before the season is out all right we're going to take a break when we come back 
More mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Mike Marler is going to join us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And let me just tell you, one of my favorite drivers of all time, Mike Marler, joins us now on the show. Mike, congratulations on that win, man. That Picking up that $20,000 wasn't a bad deal, was it? No, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I enjoy being on the show every time. And, uh fun to talk to you guys but yeah it's good good to come off a win and uh being the being the last one one one's fun too so it's it's definitely a, a cool night for us yeah no doubt let's talk about that win you you were pretty dominant during that race weren't you i know that uh brandon shepherd give you a little pressure there at the end but um what how did you feel did you did the car ultimately did the car take a little rubber at there at the end at the race it did, yeah. The uh, the first part of the race, hop huh, there, um, Chris Madden got the lead, and and uh, I was a little better than he was at on the corner exit, so I got by him, and and then uh, then Shep Shep was really gunning hard, you know, because I think you know we were all racing really hard early because we thought it could rubber at the end, you know, and uh, so yeah, so we were hustling to stay stay in the lead, and and Shep was running me pretty hard, and then we got into lap traffic there, and. Uh, um, it was going pretty good, and then I, I got kind of boxed in and and lost some momentum, and Shep passed me, and uh, just luckily in the next corner he got a little bit tight, and I got back under him and, and cleared him back. And after that, after that, it was uh, I just tried to stay in front of him, you know. And there at the end, end of the race, it was pretty well rubbered on the bottom. So uh, that's kind of a typical thing of the uh, you know the 
the Speedwigs types of racetracks, a lot of times they'll, they'll, if they get too dry, they'll rubber up on, you know, around the bottom. So it's, that's kind of how it ended. Yep. Yeah, Mike, what were you thinking when uh, Ship did get by? You're thinking, oh, my God, I lost my chance here, but you were able to get by. Just talk about making that move to get back by him for the lead for the final time. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, outside of the car watching, you know, from the infield or whatever, you, you think, you know, why didn't that guy just get a little lower or why didn't he get a little higher or whatever, whatever he needed to have done, and when you're in the car, there's a lot of times you, you want to be where you want to be, but uh, if you took a big rock and put on them a rope and slung around over top of your head, you know, like a like you was roping a horse or something, you you just got that momentum loading the car so hard laterally that a lot of times you can't get, you know, to the part of the track you want to get to, you know. And, yep. and I was trying to – I was struggling to try to get kind of where the grip was, and I kept drifting out of it. And uh, so, yeah, so whenever he, he got around me, then – the error kind of kind of done him the same way, and he arrowed a little bit and shoved over, and I was able to to get turned. and And uh, the biggest thing was when you know when I when I when he passed me, you know my when a lot of times when they pass you, if you if you don't lose your composure and you 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 make the next corner perfect, you can you know with their momentum kind of carrying them up the racetrack, you can you know when they pass you, they're obviously going faster, right? So then they're right. they may be a lot of times they'll overshoot the corner. So if you back up your corner and do it right a lot of times you can get it back and luckily just from experience i kind of knew that okay don't freak out here this ain't good and and then then sure enough i backed up my corner got the car turned right and got in the traction a little better on exit and pulled back by him and because he was kind of his momentum drifted him out of the lane a little bit too much like it did me the, the lap before so uh right. yes yeah, this kind of happens that way and and happens that way on a lot of like flatter racetracks and that track down there is really flat so yep. flatter racetracks, it's really easy to just kind of just drift out of the lane, you know. So, uh, so luckily when he passed me, I I was, I knew I was in trouble, and I had one play there that if it worked, and luckily it worked, and I got back by him. Yep, no doubt. We're gonna we're gonna have Jacob Allen on here in just a little bit, and and he won the the high limit race. Uh, what what is your thoughts about running with the high limit series and the Lucas Oil Late Model series? How do you think that fits together? I think it fits great, you know, uh, race fans are race fan, you know, and they just want to see a good race and in both, uh, both series, you know, I feel like provides that I'm a, I'm a fan of lots of different types of racing, you know, and in sprint cars, uh, honestly, not because I do it, but I just feel like dirt late models and, and high level wing sprint cars, I feel like putting on some of the best racing that you can watch. And, uh, so, so we, I like racing with them from the, a lot of a lot of standpoints uh from my personal standpoint of they make the track really clean and nice and then it's also just a fun fun to just get to watch them and then the uh the other side of it is you know if i'm a, a person in the grandstands buying a ticket i i'm getting a double whammy here you know for my money so yeah so i feel like that's good too so I, I i don't know i really enjoy it i really charlotte the world finale with the world of outlaw and the world of outlaw sprints is one of my favorite events of the year you know so i I really enjoy that. I, I like racing with them. What is the plans for you this year? Are Are you going to run more World of Outlaws? Or are you going to run with the Lucas Oil Late Model Series? Well, we're we um, logistically running with Lucas makes the most sense for us. Uh, I kind of we did looked at some different things, and you know, every year is different. I see uh, see you see people move around, you know, between series, and I think a lot of it's just logistics and scheduling and. You know, for my teammate Tyler Bruning, they're 
they're running World of Outlaw because, you know, it just makes so much more sense logistically for them. And on my end, if I run the schedule I normally run, it was looking like 105, six races and some windows where I'd be gone for two months. And if I run with Lucas, it looks like about 88 or 90 races. And I can, you know, after this Florida trip, never no more than two weeks away from home. So, right. so I would like to run it, but, uh, you know, but if I'm running bad or something's, you know, not going right, I may, I may shift off of it. But, but my, my intent, my initial plan is to try to run those races and, and, uh, and, and do that, do that series. Just the money's great. I feel like I can race less for more money and logistically it's just way better to, to Tennessee, you know. What's it like to run a hundred races in a year? To just kind of just kind of wrap your head around that a little bit because you know it's very challenging to run that many races a year right it is yeah it's it's um you know we try to i've always tried to make sure that quality was good and i just didn't focus on the quantity you know and just and you know i want to run good when i race and um we've just been fortunate you know in a lot of years we went out and run you know 90 it, it's pretty pretty common to run 95 you know and um so uh, i have run 100 a few times it's it's pretty grueling and you get to kind of wore out but if you're running good it just clicks off and and a lot of times you know for example we'll go out north dakota south dakota places like that it's easier just to lay over somewhere and for a few days and catch you a race instead of it's easier to do that than to come home you know so so a lot of times it's seems hard but it's easier than running 75 and driving back and forth all the time you know so so it just it just works out, and we're so lucky now with the streaming and everything they're doing that we can catch these races midweek, or people are scheduling races, you know, on the way to a race or on the way back from a race, and you're able to kind of double dip coming and going a lot of times. So it's really helpful to to the finances for the team, and and you're learning, you know, you, we do this to to try to win and be competitive, and you know, you're always if you're racing, you're learning. It seems like yeah, no doubt. Um, listen. We always root for the one five seven. I'm just telling you, every time that you start up towards the front, we're always pulling for Mike Marler because you are the guy that always says you always say yes to racing boys. You never say no, and we appreciate you doing so. It's always thinking about you and always wanting to watch you run up front. I was a little surprised that Chris Madden didn't give you more of a battle were you a little surprised by that um you know there's so many people that can win um you know if you if you if you get your car right you know a lot of times you know there's a lot of opinion opinions on you know if the racing good is the racing bad or the car's right you know all that kind of kind of debate a lot but from my experience, if I got a good car, I can start about anywhere and win the race, you know. And, and if I don't, there's probably nowhere I can start and win the race. So, so it's a it's an interesting time, you know, because they're te- really technical now. And uh, Chris is one of the best guys as a kind of his own his own setup guy and and drives the car. So he's always a factor, and I feel like he knows a lot about how to make the car go good. So, so yeah, he's 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 pretty tough, and he's never bad, right? But but it, the night the other night probably wasn't one of his best nights, you know. So yep. So uh, gotta gotta take them when you can get them, and uh, there's going to be plenty of nights he brings it brings his best too, you know. And the other night I feel like his his car, I could tell on the start he was he was just a little looser than he needed to be, you know, and and. And uh, it just wasn't working for him, but yeah, he's he's tough. That's his neck of the woods for sure. And and uh, all those uh, 
coast coastline type, you know, southern South Carolina, South Georgia, coastline Georgia racetracks. Uh, he's really hard to beat at. You know, they were talking about your car being a little loose at the end of the race. What was what to, what lap did the rubber start laying down on it? Uh, it started. Um, it was kind of a preferred line low, kind of the whole race in three and four, one and two. You could kind of run the top or the bottom. You know, really most of the race you could kind of do that. Yep. Uh, but down there, you know, the sand moves around on the track, and a lot of times you're just kind of going where the sand is. And uh, you'll see that kind of dusty, sandy, you know, grit laying on the track. And when you get in that, you slide or you push or whatever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, late, later in the race, I would say, you know, mid part of the race, it started, uh, you know, the black, black started gaining speed, you know, in the racetrack. So uh, what it does, it just sands the tires off. And at the end of the race, everybody's just kind of sliding around loose because, you know, there's all the rubber's going off of them. And that's kind of a little bit like asphalt racing and on the, on the, over there on the coast where you where the sand's a factor it just kind of it's just imagine if you took fine the grit like wet sand in a car or something you know it just sands the tire off and till the end of the race you really don't have anything a lot like asphalt racing how much tire did you have left at the end of that race it wasn't down to the cords but there wasn't any treads left on it you know so right. about 50 laps is about all you can run on those type of racetracks you know and you're risking having a flat if it was 60 laps or 75 laps you just started seeing people have flat tires how hard was it to manage the lap traffic? Very difficult there. Um, that's one of the hardest tracks uh, because one and two will get clean on the bottom, so so you know that's a good groove to be in. But also there's some banking on the outside, so you can kind of run through the dirty crumbs and use. But but with the extra banking of the track, it balances the two lanes out. So so uh, you know what you got to do there is. Just kind of have a good judgment, I guess, on how fast the lane on the bottom's running, uh, because it's real easy to get rolled. And that was, you know, the first race we were down there with man, man Ricky Thornton, pretty well wrecked, you know, for the lead there. Uh, that was kind of what happened there. He was leading the race, and I, I, I used the outside lane and was going around the outside of him. We got together down in the next corner in three and four. But that's a good, good, good uh, scenario of what I'm talking about. So it's. That track's one of the harder tracks to manage traction or traffic. Charlotte's another one. A lot of those coast racetracks where where one lane might be the preferred lane, but there's so many cars in it, it may not be faster just due to traffic, you know. So right. so you can step out of that lane and, and pass some people, and, and uh, but you got to kind of time it to where that lane gets traffic-wise gets slowed down. Uh, you had a great 10-year run with Roddy Delk, and you stepped into the Skyline motorsports car at the world finals last year didn't seem to miss a beat did that even surprise you that uh you ran so well right out of the gate in this in this new ride well um no it didn't um you know ronnie and i built something i feel like from the ground up that was um a pretty strong force i feel like in dirt rate dirt lake model racing and you know all that knowledge that we gained through the years you know i was able to bring with me into this you know so uh so and i got josh and jerry and cody uh the boys that helped me on ronnie's team uh you know we all just kind of kind of kind of moved into the bruning you know skyline team and and you know took all the advantages of that situation and and all the knowledge that we had from from all those years with with ronnie and you know culminated that into something so i feel like i feel like there's uh you know 
a potential that we could be even stronger even going forward, you know. So so I feel like that, uh, no, I don't think it surprised us. I think it maybe surprised other people because it's not that common, you know, to fire out there. And, it's all about and, the people, isn't it? It is. It's it's more about the people. And, and, and even when you're talking about equipment, well, there's people that build that equipment, right? So it still always boils down to the people. And uh, so uh, Ronnie, Ronnie's doing great. Um, you know, me and him are, remain, you know, good friends still. And, and uh, his son, Jared, is uh, going to start racing a crate car. So I was just talking to Ronnie a couple hours ago about some uh, about some of that, you know. So we're going to help him get started. And, and Ronnie's, uh, Ronnie's, for the first time in a long time, actually got a car in his shop at his house. And he's learning the, the technical kind of side of things. And and all that, and him and his boys are going to race a little bit together. So Ronnie's uh, glad to see Ronnie's still going to be able to have some fun with it too. And and uh, it's been a been a good deal, you know, man. It's, it's continues uh, continues to be you know uh, a great relationship, you know. So so I'm looking forward to looking forward to helping them. Uh, may even this weekend, I'm trying to talk him into going to 411. So if I can talk him into that, I might go might go crew chief for Ronnie and his son. That'd be fun. You got some time off, or you got a few weeks before you get back at it, right? We do, yeah. We uh, we were gone uh, 50, 52 days, I think. The hauler left the shop. Holy the cow! Back to it, so it was quite a trip. We went out to Vado and then over to Speed Weeks and did all that. So, so yeah, we're back here. Um, there's a few races we could go to, but we're going to take our time and go through our equipment and uh, figure out, you know, the weather this time of year in this part of the world's, you know, kind of kind of questionable or not really questionable. You just don't know. Can't really make a plan with the weather this time of year. So. Yep. So we're, we know we got to go to Brownstown for the Lucas stuff here uh, next month, and uh, if there's something that makes sense, we'll, we might sneak out of here and go to that. But right now we're just focusing on the next Lucas event uh, coming up. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, uh, we're going to have Jacob Allen on here just a little bit later in the show, and we're also going to have Chase Rodman on, and they're all a part of the High Limit Series. And I, I, I just don't know what you think about – the high limit series and the sprint cars. What what's your thoughts about racing with those guys week in and week out? I I think it would be um a better show for the fans. You know, I'm a like I said, I'm I love all kinds of racing. My my dad's got his hobby stock. I go I go to the races with my dad when he runs that. My little brother's got a crate car, and I go with him when he runs that. So. So I like it all, but I think, I think, from a fan's perspective, you know, if you get a a servant of dirt lake model, high level dirt lake model stuff and high level, you know, whether it be high limit or world of outlaw or Lucas or world of outlaw lake models, you, right. you get that kind of pairing together. You you got a show. Where's your and I, Where's your dad I race think, the hobby stock at? My dad races at Lake Cumberland, Kentucky, and uh, up here at Ponderosa, Danville, Kentucky. We live right on the Tennessee-Kentucky border, and, and uh, there's no really hobby stock track, hobby stock class in Tennessee. So we started that class in 2019, and uh, there wasn't any of those cars. And I, I'd actually been up in Ural's neck of the woods, you know, and uh, IMCA country and just, you know, stuff like that, watching those cars. And I kind of talked to Brandon Hargrove, which owns Lake Cumberland, and starting a class like that, and there wasn't any cars in 20, you know, spring of 2019, just a few guys build them. And now they're getting 25, some nights, maybe some, you know, up to anywhere between 20 and 30 cars on a weekly show. 
Right. And it's actually some of the best racing that they have. So, uh, so my dad runs that and, you know, it's just, you don't, I've always said this, you can put two F-16s in the sky and watch them, or you can watch two (laughs) turtles on the ground. Sometimes the turtles on the ground be a better race, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, so, so, uh, you don't have to always go fast to have a good race. It just needs to be a good race. And so, so, uh, but I, I definitely think back to your original question with, uh, with the sprint cars and all that stuff, I, I think it's a good thing. If, if there's a way to sell that and package that and it work out, you know, where a promoter can pay the pay the bill on, you know, or pay the purse on that type of deal every night, I think it would be, I think it'd be great. Yeah, we don't need to do that every week, but if it's, uh, you know, left on a limited basis like we see with the Lucas Oil 8 model high limit, that's okay. Just right. don't no overdo it. Yeah, that's it. Well, sometimes... Uh, Sometimes Stacy and I go to the best steakhouse they are, but a lot of times we just go to McDonald's, right? Yeah, so, right. So, uh, so it makes the it makes the it definitely makes it you know I think a higher value when you don't get it every day, you know. But 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 I definitely think for those events they're doing like like I was saying about the World of Outlaw, uh, the World Finals in Charlotte, it's one of my favorite events to go to. I went. It wasn't always the best paying one, but it's it's I just enjoy going. You know, you got the big block modifies there. You got you know, late model sprint cars and lots and lots of fans. And it's just, it's a cool event, you know? So, so I, I think it's a good thing. I don't know. I know in dirt late model racing, we, you know, there's so many, so much competition that the teams would probably go broke if we were all trying to run Lucas or we were all trying to work, run world of outlaw. Yep, no doubt. I don't know in sprint car, the dynamic, I don't really know enough about it to have, have a good opinion on if should there be two series or not, but, but, other than dirt late model racing, it's 100 percent necessary to have, you know, two traveling series. You know, there's room for that. Yeah. Uh, sprint car racing, I, I don't, I really don't know that that much about it, but I know that um, I know when you get Brad Sweet and Larson and and uh, you know and and uh, you know the Jacob Allen or Shuhart or whoever it might be, when you, when you get that level of racers in there. Uh, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, hey, I think, I think me, it's got to be car count. If you have enough cars and enough stars, yeah, you can. If there's enough, that it can feed both series. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Yes. Well, you know, a lot, I've heard a lot of a lot of people say, you know, oh, dirt late model races too expensive, or sprint cars are too expensive. I, I said, well, there's no an, there's no answer to that. The only answer is is you pay like you know more money for the hobby stocks, and we'll go drive those. Right, you know, it's it's the it's the star, it's the it's the talent, you know, that makes makes awesome racing, you know, and no matter what kind of car it is, for sure. But but going fast, you know, it's just when you watch, you know, when you watch something with nine hundred horsepower and weighs, you know, fifteen hundred pounds like them or twenty three hundred like us or whatever, go around the racetrack, you know, it's it's pretty eye opening to see that, you know. Yeah. Uh, just for example, the Bristol race probably wasn't the safest thing we could have been doing, but. I, you know, you couldn't turn your head away from it either. You know, just watching these things go around that fast was pretty mind-boggling to me. You know, a lot of technology has moved over to the USMTS modifieds, and I, I don't know if that's ever been an option for you to ever try to run a USMTS modified or not. Have you ever thought about doing that before? Well, that's kind of the world I come from. You know, we were we raced uh, – UMP modifieds, um, you know, when I first started, and uh, I only ran one or two USMTS races. They just logistically was so wrong for me at the time, you know, to do it. But 
but I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of it. It's just, uh, honestly, with our schedule, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of NASCAR stuff, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but, but the, even, you know, my, I got a big goal. I want to go drive, you know, like on a mile and a half NASCAR race. And, and, um, the, the issue is it ain't actually doing it. It's way more doable than people would think. It's just, you know, when you're racing 95 to 105 races a year, you know, when you're going to do that, you know, that's, yep. that's the, that's the hardest thing about it. But yeah, I, I like, I drove Rodney Sanders' car. We were testing one day and, and, uh, Rodney had his car there and I got in and drove a little bit and helped him with some input on it. And, and, uh, they're fun to drive. They're good. It's a good class and they're paying really good. Uh, some of the, some really good races out at Votto this year with, with, I think it's USRA they have, um, yeah, so I, I definitely like that class too. It's uh, that's the cool thing about dirt racing right now, circle track racing. There's a little bit of something for everybody, you know, and it's all good racing, no matter really what you're what you're watching. Uh, sometimes I just soon watch them IMC hobby stocks races as uh, NASCAR. You know what I mean? It's just it's just really good racing. Yep. Did you watch that race yesterday down there at Atlanta? I did, yeah. I, I drove all night, and I got home at like nine in the morning. And I was trying my best not to fall asleep, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I, I watched it, and uh, it was an interesting thing. You know, I actually liked it better than I thought I would have. I, the idea of any kind of restrictor plate racing is a little bit of a turnoff for me, but that actually, um, you know, it was a little too much wrecking. I think I wish some of those guys that didn't wreck could have been a player at the end of the thing, but. Uh, but heck, far the way they come across the finish line there, that don't get much better better than that. Does have, have you ever finished three wide at the finish line before? Um, I can't ever remember anything that close. Uh, <laughs> right. you know, we've been in some really good battles, but I, I don't ever remember. I've never been part of a three way photo finish for sure. You know, so it was pretty uh, pretty interesting race, and uh, uh, you know, um, I don't know, it, it went off pretty good. I it was crazy, kind of uh, kind of a crazy idea to. To do what they did right there but nascar you know some a lot of their ideas you know they seem seem like they ain't gonna work or we have bad opinions about them but it and a lot of times they grow on you too so so i don't know that thing there looked like a pretty good race to me you you talked about you, you raced a little bit of nascar did you run in the truck series or what what did you do there in nascar a little bit well i've got i've gotten to run uh i've ran uh cup race at bristol in the on the dirt race oh really and i raced um yeah i ran that in 20 i got to run that the last year before they come out with this car you know this new gen car and uh i had the opportunity to do it and i i kind of took the opportunity because i knew that new gen car was coming and it was going to be so going to be so expensive that i'd probably never get a you know an opportunity to get him get in a cup race after that you know mm-hmm. so uh so i run the run the car down there and and I ran. I didn't run good. I I stayed on the lead lap and and run okay. And then right there at the end, I had a flat with like three to go. But I'd run on the lead lap the whole day and did okay. And I, Schrader called me on the way home from that race, and he said, "I know you. You're going to be disappointed, but you took a kind of a start and park car and run run on the lead lap. So you, you know, that's went better." He said, "People that know know. You know, that was probably a pretty good finish." And yeah. so I was pretty happy with that. And then I got to run the truck. I ran fourth at Eldora in the truck. And then I run like 15th, I think, at Bristol in the truck. And then I run an Xfinity race at Richmond, and uh, that didn't go good. I, you know, I had to make the race on time, and I qualified about 28th out of like 40 of them or something. And and then uh, I got spun out pretty early in the race and and didn't finish. So, uh, but I've got to run four of them, and and uh, my big goal is I want to go 
I want to go drive like on a mile and a half, you know, yeah, uh, like a Charlotte or something like that. And it's a very doable deal. It, it's not as difficult to do as people think, but it's uh, but it's as far as you know, getting opportunity or creating opportunities, you know. But uh, but it's uh, just hard to find time, you know, to do it with right. everything we're doing. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I owned an ARCA team for four years. <laughs> And Clint Boyer runs second in my ARCA car down at Nashville Super Speedway. And, that, uh, that's, that's kind of the race that put him on the map. Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of the, the one that put him on the map. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. Clint never gives me any credit for that, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he know, he knows, I... though. Huh? He knows. <laughs> he knows, though. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, I can tell you in my career – um, I've been, you know, I, I just think back at all the things that happened for me to be in a position I'm in now. And, you know, just like with Ronnie there, I was saying earlier, you know, Hey, we got to give Ronnie a lot of credit for everything that we built there carrying over to this. And, and before Ronnie, you know, I drove for Norman Bryson for three, three years. So first race I drove for Ronnie, we won a 10,000. Well, that was, that was the foundation that Norman Bryson with Bryson Motorsports had built. So, you know, these, these things, man, there's, there's people coming in your life and they're part of the journey, you know, right with you. And it ain't, it's, uh, that's why, you know, they, what is it? There's no I in team, you know, it's just how it works. And right. it yep. takes a lot of people to, to make these things happen. Mike, well, but, we, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply. And we, we can't thank you enough. You, you never say no to the racing boys. And, and I, I can't appreciate that as much as you. You can't appre- we can't appreciate that as much as you can imagine. You always say you always say yes to the racing boys. And you know something else about you, Mike, is my favorite racetrack is Knoxville. No one has won more big time dirt late model races at Knoxville than, than Mike you. Marler. Yeah, no doubt. So you got that going for you. I appreciate you having me on, guys. It's <laughs> uh you know, um it's it's uh it's hard to win those races that we're we're in, and and uh, getting to talk to you guys is a just a just a little cherry on top. You know, if I'm talking to you guys, we're <laughs> we're, we're making headlines, and we got something to talk about, right? So, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, so I enjoy uh, being on, and then and every time I can be on, it's a it's a good thing. So I appreciate what you're doing, and I, I enjoy the show. You know, like I said, I'm a before I got to do any of this stuff, I was a guy in the grandstands, you know, and I was interested in what guys like you had to say about the races or or what the drivers are doing or the teams or whatever so so i'm just uh all all aspects of it i enjoy you know and 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 uh so i, I appreciate what you guys do uh to you know to to bring it to the fans and help everybody have a better perspective on it and man it's just uh it's fun to get to do all this stuff and, and all and all angles of it you know so i appreciate you having me on and uh Keep up the good work, and I'll keep on watching you guys. All right, Mike. We appreciate you. And go out there and win another one for us, will you? There you go. I'll see what I can do. All, All right, right buddy. Congratulations Thanks to you. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks for having me. See you. There you have it, Mike Marler. Kirk, you want to do the uh, Knoxville read right now? Uh, speaking of Knoxville, Mike Marler, the all-time. Three-time winner of the Knoxville, Knoxville Late Model Late Nationals. Nationals. Three, nobody's won it three times but Mike Marler, Uh, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, I've got the uh, two big sweepstakes going on this year, the Corvette and the Race Ready Sprint Car. 
Uh, this year's Corvette is a torch red convertible Z06 with a Z07 performance package. You can win this Corvette, folks, by just going to winaz06corvette.com and get signed up for the Corvette and $25,000 cash to the grand prize winner, or you can take the $100,000 option. Uh, that's all there is to do. Just I'm, go and I'm get signed up I'm taking the Corvette, Kurt. I'll take the Corvette yeah, as well. no doubt. Because uh, that Corvette is worth yeah. about $120,000 yeah. if you want to sell it outright. They're going to draw for this on August 17th, which is one week after the Knoxville Nationals. And then later on in the year, they're going to give away a triple-X sprint car with an Al Parker Racing 410 engine. Race-ready sprint car. And that's going to be drawn on December 23rd of this year. Go to winasprintcar.com to get signed up for that if you want to win the sprint car. And, of course, all the proceeds go to the betterment of the Hall of Fame and Museum. June 1st is the date for the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame Awards uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. They're going to have USAC sprint cars that same night. So mark that down on your calendar if you're interested in all the stuff they got in the great gift shop they have at the Hall of Fame. Go to sprintcarstuff.com. National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum open seven days a week. And uh, can't wait for the, the Eldora Speedway uh, track salute. The salute to Eldora Speedway will be coming up. They're this year. only closed on Christmas. Thanksgiving Day, New Year's Day, I think that's about it, right? Yep, they're all, you don't have to wait to the start of the season to pay a visit to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. It's open today if you'd like to go. So yep. There you go. We got Jacob Allen coming up. We've got Jacob Allen coming up next right here on Mostly Motorsports. He will join us next. Right here on Mostly Motorsports, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. He joins us next right here, Jacob Allen, next on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and supplies involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications. 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip,
magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, whether it be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. He's Kirk Elliott. Todd Surprise running the show for us here today. 
Joining us now on the show is Jacob Allen, who picked up the high-limit race down at Golden Isles. He picked up $20,000. Man, that's a big payday, isn't it, Jacob? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, listen, that that race was pretty interesting, to say the least. Uh, there was a moment when uh, Justin Peck got around you. What what was your thoughts going through that time when Justin Peck got back around you? Well, you know, just you know, just stay focused and um, hit my marks. Uh, you know, not too much. Is you know, there's a lot happening in that moment. So I just stay focused, not you know, allow that to affect my race um, at all. So. Um, yeah, I just stayed committed and, and focused, and that's all I could really. I, that's all I can really say. Jacob, how big is this win? And you set out for a while last year. You come back. You're re-energized. Just how big is this win after uh, laying out of the car there for a few weeks last year? Yeah, it was a great win for our team. Um, we we're all super, very happy about it, and uh, to be able to win in February. February feel, feels uh, really nice. Um, but, yeah, just really proud of my guys. Uh, they worked so hard, and, and just to be able to get them a win um, really felt felt great. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, are, are you going to be running full-time with the uh, High Limit Series? Is that the plans? Yep, 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 full-time with the High Limit. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, now, what are you going to do with the – they're taking the month of March off. Are you going to run some World of Outlaw races during that time? Yeah, my plan is to follow the World of Outlaws through the month of March. Yep, no doubt. How much did this change your whole attitude and everything, your whole outlook at racing after announcing that you were going to sit out of the race car for a while last year, you come back? Uh, How are you changed as a driver, as a person, now that uh, you're back full-time? I mean, I feel like my attitude uh, feels great. I mean, uh, I don't know if it, you know, changed, you know, this. I don't, the, the wind did not change my attitude or my approach, um, you know, going into this week. Um, my attitude would be the same as before I was going into Golden Islands. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, doing, you know, the, the right steps to be prepared uh, uh to be the best that we can be as a team going into each and every race. So, uh, you know, I have, um, you know, I have some experience with racing and, and being on the road. So, um, I know it takes a a lot of hard work and, uh, you know, my attitude's great. I feel, you know, excited and happy about racing and, uh, you know, look forward to, uh, to, uh, uh, another year of racing, uh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and listen, it, it looks like that you were pretty happy in victory lane. Um, uh, you had to be thrilled about that $20,000 to win on top of that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like the money isn't the thing that comes to my mind, you know, after, you know, we take the checker or anything like that. I was just, uh, glad to have so much fun, you know, racing and battling it out. Um, out there on the racetrack, it was just, just a blast. I feel like, you know, uh, racing like that is what, you know, I'm so passionate about, about racing. It's just exciting. It's an adrenaline rush. You know, you're, you're duking it out in a 900 horsepower race car. So, uh, it gets me pumped up and, 
you know, everybody wants to win, and we were lucky enough to, to accomplish that. So uh, it, it it felt great as a team to be able to um, get rewarded for all the hard work, and, and just the cherry on top is uh, $20,000. Uh, Jacob with Shark Racing, splitting things up. Logan Schuart staying full-time on the World of Outlaw side. You're going full-time high-limit racing. How does that change the whole operation of Shark Racing with the team split up going each direction with high limit and world of outlaws this year. Yeah. I don't know if they really, you know, I guess the obvious is, you know, we're just not, you know, one's on the outlaw tour and one's on the high limit tour. Um, But really I don't think it changes, you know, really anything about our our race team other than that. Um, You know, me and Logan communicate all the time and, um, we we know how our operations work, you know, as far as, like, getting prepared to go to the races and um, what to do at the racetrack. So um, I don't feel much of a change really at all other than, you know, we won't be part next to each other at every race. But, you know, through the entire month of March we will and all the big uh, races we will. And um, I think, if anything, it provides us an opportunity to, to – uh, grow and get better because we're going to be in two different uh, situations when we're not racing together and we can, you know, give each other information and, and talk about things. So I like that. I think that's exciting, but I don't think, you know, too much really changes though. Listen, I've said this a a few times during the show. Um, I'm a little concerned about 410 racing was making a really big comeback and 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 it looks like it's it, it it looks like it's great right now with the high limit series and the world of outlaws, but I'm a little concerned about that could fracture 410 racing a little bit. What do you think? What's your thoughts about that? Oh, I mean, honestly, I don't really have too many thoughts about. It. I think you know what's important to me is that, um, or what I'm grateful for is that there is a lot of 410 racing to be raced that I can be a part of. Um, but I just focus on myself and my team and, and showing up to the racetrack and, and doing the best we can. Um, all that stuff is out of my control, but I'm grateful to be able to race the races that I can um, with high limits and the world of outlaws and uh, wherever else I decide to race. And, and to me, that's what I'm grateful for and important, but I don't, I'm not, I don't, I can't control, you know, all, all the other stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you come from a great, family a great racing family alan your grandfather and your dad and just uh the influence that they have on you as a race car driver to continue this day uh the influence that they have on you just talk about that a little bit yeah my dad's um you know the biggest influence on my racing and has has taught me so much about the uh, the business of race, uh, spur car racing and, and the life on the road. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot from my own experiences being out there. And um, But, you know, the root of it all comes from my dad and, and the passion of, you know, the passion I've learned to have, is, you know, comes from my dad. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful and, and, and feel very blessed and that, you know, my dad is, is – provided me with an opportunity to, to race full time as a living. And, um, um, 
I wouldn't change a thing. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I love my dad so much, and and I'm thankful every day for the opportunity he's provided. You know, not just me, but but Logan too, to to live out a, a dream and have a, a great job. As uh, you know, we're both, you know, I'll be 30 this year, so to be 30 years old, Logan, Logan being 30 years old, I mean, it's it's a real blessing to be able to travel with our family and, and race at, at, uh, for a living. I mean. Not not too many people get to live a life like that, so I, I'm thankful um, that my dad's provide that for us. How, how many of your family members travel with you? I I think you said that your daughter travels with you as well. Um, and y- you look at all the talent that's in the high limit series. You think about yourself, Tyler Courtney, Justin Peck, Rico Abreu, Spencer Based, and Brad Sweet. Brent Marks, Kyle Larson. There there's a ton of people. Parker Price Miller. Anthony Macri, there's a, a ton of talent in the uh, High Limit Series right now, right? Yeah, I think Spur Car Racing has a ton of talent, you know, everywhere. Um, not just with High Limits, but with the World of Outlaws and local regions have, you know, great talent. Um, you know, there's no easy sprint Car Racing by, by any means. So, um, you know, it's fun to be a part of that. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't want it really any other way and i'm grateful that i'm able to race against uh such great competition you know no matter what it's a it's a challenge that that i i love to take on uh let's get back to gold mile speedway they have raced uh wing sprint cars on that track all that much that's dirt late model country down there how much of an impact uh having the deuces wild combo both late models and sprint cars on the same track the same night uh, approached the track prep and did it surprise you track conditions you ran before the late models the other night but just uh, how did that all play into your thinking with the late models as part of the show and, and did it take a little rubber at there at the end of the race uh i didn't notice any rubber um to be honest but um i thought it was fun to be able to have all the the late model drivers there you know you wait certain cars don't get the race with those guys you know, really ever, it feels like. Um, but to be able to watch guys like Ricky Thornton and uh, Chris Madden and Jonathan, it was, you know, that's cool. You know, it's fun to watch how those guys race and, and you know, prepare before a race. Uh, I like that. It was just fun to kind of look from the outside. And um, But as far as the track goes, um, you know, it was a windy day. It was sunny. And uh, they had, you know, at least 40 cars. So yeah. that was going to play a factor um, for sure on, you know, maybe the track conditions being slicker. I, you know, I thought, you know, I thought that. Um, but uh, the track was great. I thought Golden Miles was a really fun track. Um, you know, even before Saturday night, you know, winning the race and all that. Um, it just was fun. It was, it was cool the way it was shaped. It was, it, you know, it was fast, and um, I just had a lot of fun racing there, and I, I'm grateful that we were able to have sprint cars at, at a track where it's mostly uh, late model racing. So we're going to have Mike Marler on here in just a few minutes. He's going to join us on the show as well. And then we also have Chase Rodman on, which I think he does a great job as the announcer for the, the series, don't you think? Yeah, Chase Rodman uh, is, is a really – a uh, nice guy. I, I got to know. I've got to know him. Um, you know, with the world of outlaws, and um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Chase to have this opportunity to announce for high limits. And um, I'm sure he'll just only get better and better. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him for sure. He's a, he's a really cool and cool guy that, you know, I've enjoyed being around. Uh, the next high limit race is at the ditch at West Memphis. Have you have you raced at Riverside before? Yeah, I raced an outlaw race there once before. Uh, not sure what year, but we have raced there one one time prior. Right. You know, I, I don't know if you know anything about the racing boys, but Kirk and I we used to do the live pay per view for the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. And let me tell you, when you go to the ditch. The ditch is one of those racetracks that really puts on a really good race, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, I've watched some videos. I You know, I've seen some of the racing boys, like, highlight videos. And, um, yeah, I mean, it looks fun. Um, I'm excited to go there. I'm, it looks like uh, that area gets a good crowd of people, so I'm sure they'll be excited. And uh, it'll just be fun to get on a little bull ring and, and – um, you know, just just to go racing. You know, I'll be excited for when when the high limits picks back up. You know, there for sure. You've had good success on some of the bull rings. I remember, you know, Chico and some of the other places. You've done pretty well on these kind of racetracks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, bull rings are they're fun. I mean, uh, yeah, there's they're something that I look forward to, and and. Uh, you know, we'll just prepare and, and, you know, whatever ideas we have for a setup and we'll go there and do the best we can. And, uh, you know, I'll be excited for it. Uh, but, you know, as of now, uh, we have a whole month of March to, to focus to, to be the best we can be at all the world of outlaw races. So uh, it'll be fun to, to, to be racing and work on getting better um, each night and, uh you know, try to have as much success as we can, you know, with the world of outlaws. And, uh, well, yeah, when it gets time to race West Memphis, uh, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be elbows up. What, what do you prefer? Do you prefer half miles or do you prefer the bull rings more? Yeah, I don't really have a preference to be honest with you. You know, I just want us to have a, uh, uh, a good handling race car that can put us in position to be able to win a race. Um, I think when you get in that situation, uh, just racing is fun, you know. Um, doesn't matter if it's a half mile or quarter mile, you know, you get in the hunt to win a race, it, it's uh, it's thrilling. So, you know, I've won a race at Knoxville, which is, you know, obviously a half mile, and I've won a race at uh, – at Chico, that's a, a quarter mile, and, and I can't say I didn't feel one way or the other. I just know one feeling I had was uh, excited and happy, and, and just the the feeling of lo- the love of driving race cars, um, you know, is what it's all about. Yeah. So when it comes to our local tracks here, you're going to be racing at Lakeside Speedway and I-70 Speedway. Have you ever raced at those race tracks before? Yeah, I've ran Lakeside a number of times with the Outlaws. Um, um, I don't know how many times, but I definitely raced at uh, Lakeside, and I've raced a few times at I-70 as well. Uh, both, you know, fun fun race tracks. Um, and I'll, you know, I look forward to being there. I look forward to being at you know any race. You know, I, I'm excited to race. You know, a bunch this year. So I assume you're heading back down to Volusia this weekend. 
Yeah, we're 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 already you know we're down at Ormond Beach right now actually. Yeah. Yep, no doubt. Cool. Well, Jacob, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. Appreciate that, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the way, bud. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me come on your guys' show. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jacob. All right. There you have it. Yep. Jacob Allen joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. We're going to take a break when we come back. More of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And joining us now is Chase Rodman, one of our great supporters of the Racing Boys, and we can't thank him enough. Hey, listen, I, I, all I want to say is, Chase, tell me a little bit about Tears for Fears, because you talked about that the other night on the broadcast. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, that was the first thing that popped into my mind, to be honest with you. I, I was telling them I listened to a bunch of music and, you know, I listened to about everything, you know, whether it's rock or, uh, you know, country or hip hop, whatever you want to call it. But I would say rock is probably the main, my main deal when it comes to music. My, my girlfriend's not a huge fan of it when we're driving around in the car. She doesn't really like my rock music, but, um, yeah, Tears for Fears, uh, I don't know why, but when I go to the gym here recently, I've been listening to them quite a bit. So uh, my dad would probably be happy about that because they're pretty old school. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got on that. I don't really know why that came into my mind at that point in time, to be honest with you. You know, that kind of goes back to the 80s a little bit, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've looked at the their um, what are the album covers, and I've seen what those guys look like, and it definitely looks like it's from a long time ago. Yeah, no doubt. Um Listen, what what a great weekend. We just had Jacob Allen on and Mike Marler on, uh, both of the winners from the High Limit race this weekend. Um, Jacob Allen, and, and listen, it, it seems like to me that he took off a little bit of time and, and tried to get his head together a little bit more to, to, to gear up for this 
high limit series. What are your thoughts on on him taking off from that little bit of time? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like when I was on the Outlaw Tour there, and even before I was on the Outlaw Tour, I was kind of every year that was kind of the, the talking point was, you know, sounds like Jacob's not going to make the whole season. Sounds like he's pulling off tour. I don't think he's going to make it or, you know, this and that. And he would always seem to finish it. But that last year, that was the first time that he actually went through with it and, and didn't make it the whole year, you know. So um, it wasn't really a shock to me to see him not finish the season out. Uh, because of just the rumors that have been swirling around there over the last couple of years about that. So, um, yeah, but I think it was obviously something that he needed to do. And um, I would say it's it's worked. You know, I mean, he got a win this weekend. He wasn't too strong with the Outlaws the first race out at Volusia. But, um, you know, there's been four high-limit races so far, and he's got three top tens and a win. So um, maybe that uh, little bit of a break helped him. And, I talked about this on my YouTube channel that I think this schedule for him is perfect because he doesn't have to, his whole life is not going to be consumed with racing 90 or, you know, a hundred times a year or whatever. Now he only has to really focus on about 60 races instead. You know, if he doesn't want to run the national open or he doesn't want to run a certain big race that he doesn't have to for points, then he's not going to do it, you know? So I think this uh, high limit thing is perfect for a guy like Jacob. You know, I, I at one point during that race, I thought Justin Peck was going to get up there and challenge him for the for the win. What what were your thoughts on that right, part of the race right there? Yeah, uh, I think I think Peck did take the lead for a moment. I don't know if he, he did led a lap. Yeah, okay, so he did lead a little bit. So um, yeah, he was super fast both nights. Uh, I think he was third, third and third. So two podiums after a tough start to the year at East Bay. Um, but yeah, Peck uh, he's going to win his fair share of races this year. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but, uh, yeah, uh, Jacob just, I feel like he was the only guy that could the entire night. I mean, the heat race and in the dash that was able to kind of make the top work in turn two specifically, uh, kind of in turn four, but not quite as much. And nobody else was able to make their car work as good as his. And, you know, Peck would get trapped behind the lap car. One time he was leading and he, and he missed the bottom. And he, I heard his interview afterwards where he said that it was kind of taking a little bit of rubber off before and he, tried to open his entry up a little bit and missed it, and that's when Jacob drove by him. So yeah. just a small mistake. I feel like if he didn't miss the bottom that one time off of four, maybe he would have went to victory lane, but uh, instead uh, he ended up in third. Tyler Courtney off to a great start this year. He's got three straight top two finishes, uh, one on Thursday night. Just kind of talk about the way he started off the season. He is a legitimate championship contender now. Yeah, I mean, he's leading the points right now. I think he's at 18 or so over over Brad. Um, and he's been good, not just with high limit. I mean, he got the win with the Outlaws at Volusia. I think he was on the podium a night there, too. So uh, I would say right now, you know, high limits ran, what, four races. The Outlaws have ran four races. I would say that 7BC has been the most consistent car throughout all the racing so far. Maybe he might be the best car in the country right now. Um I don't know what their plans are during this whole month off from uh, high limit. If they're going to go down to Volusia this upcoming weekend, or they're going to go to Texas with the Outlaws, I'm not really sure. But I am curious to see how they do if they go to some of those races and 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 race against the Outlaws and see if they can keep that speed going. Because right now he seems like the best car. Uh, I mean, you said it. He was, you know, second. I think it was second, first, and first, and then the first race out he was like 11th or something. So he's been pretty good, man. Um, 
And, you know, last year he got in that big wreck and, you know, hurt his back or whatever, and he missed out on a lot of the marquee races. You know, he missed out on the Nationals and a couple other ones as well. But he's coming back this year, and this uh, is looking like uh, maybe a breakout year for him. Brent Marks is going to be a contender as well, don't you think, for that championship? Yeah. Uh, you know, I put out a video, and I said I thought he was going to run about fifth in points. But so far, he's one of just, I think it's, what, three guys that have been in the top ten every race so far him, uh, Basin, and Brad. And, uh, you know, Mark's right now 22 points behind. Uh, the one thing I will say about him, though, is I'm, I'm curious to see how he does on the West Coast because that's the part of the country where he hasn't been uh, very, in a very long time and not quite the tracks that he's used to racing at, you know, at, at his home state of Pennsylvania. You know, so if he can make it out of uh, California in the West Coast swing decent, then I think he's definitely a threat. Uh, he's been strong to start the year so far. That is kind of different country down there at Brunswick, Georgia, for uh, sprint car. They don't see a lot of sprint cars down in that part of the world. That was the first 410 race down there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, how how was the uh, how's the reaction to the locals down there with the 410 sprint cars? Maybe the first time ever the 410 sprint cars have been there, right? Yeah, first time ever for 410s. Uh, you know, obviously Thursday was a little rough. Uh, it was kind of a, the talking point of Facebook and Twitter and all that, and there wasn't very many people in the grandstands. Uh, but, you know, it's a Thursday night. You're in Georgia where there's no sprint car racing hardly ever. Uh, there's, you know, no, I don't know, There's it's it's just tough. It was a tough night. There wasn't that many people there. Um, and it was, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to say. But I feel like after Saturday, and, of course, the race wasn't that good either on Thursday, so it kind of made it even worse. You just combine everything together. But Thursday, or sorry, Saturday, when they had the Lucas Lay models there and then they had the spread cars there and the 604s, uh, the crowd was, it was jam-packed. You know, there was a lot of people there and there was a lot of people cheering at the end. You know, for Jacob Allen, you could hear it on the broadcast that, you know, a lot of people were pretty excited after that race. Um, so I'm, what I'm hoping to take out of it was, you know, I feel like a lot of the people were probably there for the Lucas Lay models. Um, but if you compare the two races, I would say the spread cars definitely were the, were the superior show. Uh, hopefully made some new fans down there of sprint car racing that maybe never saw them before. How important was that for the sprint cars to go before the late models? Was there ever any talk of it being flip-flopped? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of talk about it, um, but I'm super glad the sprint cars went first uh, because, I, you know, looking back, the late model race uh, was pretty much right around the bottom, and I'm worried that if we would have ran after them, it would have been – Maybe similar to to what their race was. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we went first. And I'm also thinking that if the sprint cars would have went second after the Lucas Lay models, a lot of people in the grandstands probably would have got up and left. So uh, probably a good move on both parts to to keep the sprint cars uh, first out for the features. So what did they learn from this event the next time that the Lucas Oil Lay models and the High Limit Series get together? Were there some surprises there that – things they learn from to make it better the next time we see both sprints and late models on the same card? Uh, well, I'd say probably just having the two classes. Probably don't need a, another support class. So I don't think we need the 604s there. The next time, we, you know, this is going to happen again. We are going to be running, I think it's in October maybe, the high limits and, 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 the, uh, and the Lucas Oil late models again. They'll be running at Atomic. So we are going to do that again. I think that that was the main thing was just to have no support class, just to have those two guys, and that would be a really good show for uh, everybody that shows up and, and watches on Flow as well. So 
that's probably the main takeaway. I felt like the night went relatively smoothly other than that. That 6.04 race, they actually hit a time limit, 25 minutes. They couldn't finish the race uh, in the amount of uh, laps. So um, that kind of put a damper on things at the end. But other than that, I felt like the show went smoothly. And I'm excited for to, to do it again in Atomic because that is sprint car country and they like late models there. So I feel like it's probably going to be jam-packed. We talked to Mike Marler here just a little bit ago, and he said that the rubber started to lay down about halfway through that race. Um, and and if, if the reverse – the roles were reversed. We probably would have seen the rubber down on, on with the sprint cars as well, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. But they did do quite a extensive rework after the sprint car race, and they it still took rubber on the bottom. Yeah, so I, there was like a, probably an eight or ten minute commercial on on flow while they got the tractors and the water truck out there, and uh, you know it's still. I mean, it was good for probably about fifteen twenty laps. Uh, but then after that, yeah, it just kind of ended up right around the bottom. So um, definitely really glad that the sprint cars uh, went first. Because, I mean, sometimes in late model racing, I'm no expert by any means, but I feel like sometimes even when it takes rubber, they can have a good race. Yep. Uh, sprint cars, on the other hand, that doesn't happen too often. So right. um, that was probably the best scenario, really. So let, let me, let's just go back to Tyler Courtney a little bit. The guy is, he's got... Uh, Three top fives, three top tens, and four features. I, I think that he he might – do you think that he's the on-sold favorite to win the championship, you think? At this point, um, I think he's definitely in the conversation. I mean, he's, he's definitely uh, higher in that conversation than Rico is right now, which I think everybody going into this probably thought that Brad's biggest challenger would be would be the 24, but – he hasn't – I think he finally got a top 10 on Saturday night. Yeah, I think he was fourth. So, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Tyler Courtney right now is is the guy. Uh, you know, I think it's 16 or an 18-point lead over Brad. Um, 18 but points. the thing is, 18, yeah. So, uh, you know, the thing is, Brad's stuff isn't really where it needs to be at right now, and he's still able to run sixth and, and fifth and, you know, whatever, still having good runs even though he's not the best car. You know, that's something where – Tyler Courtney needs to figure that out as if, you know, he doesn't have the best car. He's got to try and salvage a seven. You know, that's what Brad's so good at. So if he, if he can do that, then uh, I think he's definitely going to put up a challenge all, all the way through the year. Were you a little surprised? Kyle Larson, he started 12th. He ended up running eighth. Were you a little surprised that he didn't make more progress during that race? So was that on the first night or was it the second race? That was the night that Jacob Allen won. Okay. Yeah, I mean, on now that one is surprising because, you know, uh, there, I thought there was quite a bit of passing. I mean, there wasn't like anybody going, you know, super far up through the field. I think the hard charger was like plus five or plus seven maybe. Um, but, yeah, I think Kyle was just not uh, not too good this weekend, you know, on either the late model or the sprint car because on the first night uh, for us down there at Gold Miles, he wasn't that good as either. I mean, he was, he was eighth. Yeah, eighth both nights. Um, right. So, uh, he just kind of struggled, I thought. So especially after how good he was at East Bay, came to came to Gold Miles and struggled a lot. So uh, definitely a surprise. Uh, I feel like we didn't really talk about him too much, just because he wasn't really, you know, in the mix. You know, and um, I, I feel like that's kind of good, though. I feel like it's kind of fun to see different guys getting up front. You know, with High Lemon, that's what it's all about. So yeah, um, we'll see if he can pick it back up though at uh, when we get back to Riverside. Do you feel that he might have a little too much on his plate when he, he's got to run NASCAR, he's got to run 
Um, he's got to run the late model and he's got to run the sprint car. Do you think that, that there's a little too much on his plate there a little bit? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he seems like he doesn't really mind it. You know, I think Tony Laporta, our pit reporter, asked him that question uh, before the, the late model A-Main. And, you know, he kind of seemed pretty calm about it. He didn't really seem like it was that big of a deal. You know, he's like, oh, you know, cup practice was early this morning. It was only an hour away. Easy flight over here. The race don't start till four tomorrow. So, you know, I'm fine. So I don't think that really had anything to do with it. I mean, obviously he's a busy guy and he's been – He's been a busy guy for the last couple of years, you know, so he's kind of yep. used to that travel and the hectic schedule. But I think this weekend everything worked out just right for where it wasn't too crazy for him, and uh, he wasn't really overwhelmed. I just think that, uh, you know, they just didn't hit it this weekend with the strike car, and he wasn't really uh, – he definitely wasn't a factor, that's for sure. Yeah, Dominic Selzy, he's he's not going to be driving the 83 car anymore. Uh, the thoughts about Dominic Selzy being a part of the High Limit Series? Yeah, I wish, uh, you know, there was talks of him at the beginning of the year to run the full high-limit deal. Um, I was actually texting with him about that. He was actually really close to being a, a full-time driver with high-limit, but one of his big sponsors that's been helping him out for the last couple of years, I guess, uh, kind of backed out last minute and wasn't able to make it happen. Um, so that was tough because I think if you would have added him, you know, you add a guy like a Jacob Allen, you who's a very popular driver with the fans. You add a, a Brent Marks in there that's also popular with the fans and also wins a lot of races. You add Enrico, uh, you and Corey Day. I mean, if you got all those guys with Dominic Selzy, I mean, that is a lot of very popular drivers in sprint car racing, and yeah. I think he would have been a huge addition to the series. Maybe next year he can work something out. Um, but, yeah, it's been fun having Dominic out there. I know he hasn't been running the way he hoped to. I think he's been, like, between 11th and 14th in all four races so far. Uh, but obviously that's in a car that he doesn't drive. You know, he's you know, drove it a long time ago, the Roth car, but uh, hasn't done it in a long time. He will be with us at Riverside, though. So the next race, he will be with us. Not in the 83, though. He will have his 41 car out there in the Midwest. So uh, he'll run that next race at Riverside, and we'll see how he does in his own car. Parker's Price Miller and Anthony Macri, they had a good little battle going on between the two right there. Yeah, uh, Parker's been solid uh, the last couple of races, too. He was uh, fourth on the second race, or sorry, the first race, and then I think he was like eighth or ninth on the second, or on, yeah, on the second one. So uh, Parker's had a good year, you know, started off bad at, at East Bay. I think he was outside the top ten, but ever since then, he's been he's been right there in the middle of things. So that's good for him because, you know, he's tried to run the Outlaw Tour in the past a couple of times, tried to run the All-Stars, hasn't been able to finish out the entire season with the, with the Outlaws. Uh, but for a guy like him to, to have a good couple runs like this and now go into a long break, um, he's going to stay motivated. He's going to stay, you know, interested and uh, hopefully makes it through the whole year because so far I think he's like sixth in points right now. So I know we got a long ways to go, but, you know, sixth in points for him is, is definitely a solid start and uh, excited to get for him to get to some places he's been to before and see if uh, him and Bernie can maybe get in victory lane. Uh, Chase Brad and Kyle not afraid to try new things in terms of fan engagement, uh, the relationships with charitable causes, dice rolls, things of this nature, bringing fans into the pit area during the night uh, races. Uh, just kind of talk about how some of these ideas are going right now. And the, 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 what I like about it is they're not afraid to try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least they're trying some new things here. How is some of the early ideas and, and the carry out of, of some of these new things that they're wanting to do going? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, when when the whole high limit thing really became a deal last year, before I was even thinking about, you know, working for them or whatever, I kept telling myself or telling people, I was like, you know, here's the thing, like it's we're sprint car racing, right? There, how much different can you be? We're still going around in circles on dirt, right? There's not much you could do different in that type of thing, but. You know, kudos to, to Kyle and Brad, uh, Kendra, uh, Mike, and, and Brian Walker and all those guys. I mean, they've been trying to find different things to change the game a little bit, and it's worked. I'd say the one that's really been the big, uh, you know, the one that fans are really liking so far that's different is uh, the, the playlist deal with the drivers. Um, and we ran into some issues there with that, uh, you know, flow. They're not able to, show, you know, play an entire song on the broadcast like we were at East Bay uh, due to copyright, so we can only play about 15 or 20 seconds of a song now. Uh, but I think that's been a big um, talking point among fans, and uh, the drivers are having fun with it too. And so that's something that's cool that's that's going. We haven't been able to do the Fan Fest quite yet. You know, East Bay, there was the weather situation on the one night, and then the second night we had to run two races in one day. And then I, I'm not really sure. There was something that happened at Gold Miles where we couldn't do it either, but they still want to try it. They still want to make it happen, the Fan Fest, and do some things like that. The dice roll, I think, has been a pretty big success so far. You know, the first night out at East Bay, our, our dice roll uh, participant uh, didn't show up. But after that, all the participants have shown up, and they seem to have fun with it, right? And I think for that, it, not only for that person that's rolling the dice, they get to cheer on somebody. I feel like the rest of the fans that are there, are cheering that driver on as well. They want right. to see that that fan walk away with some extra money too. So so far, I think everything's been been pretty good. I'm ex- I'm definitely interested to see how the fan fest goes for the first time, um, and uh, then then we'll really get the, the social media's talking because when that whole thing came out, people were up in arms about it. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe it happens at Riverside. Hey, the only th- only complaint I have about the flow broadcast. I, I've only got one complaint. It's the the recycle of the the in the pits video that they run. They ran that thing probably about fifteen times that night. Was that the one with like the t-shirt trailers and stuff? The t-shirt trailers and all that going on around the pits in the pits. They they ran that thing probably. I don't know how many times they ran it, but they ran it more than the, the same video. The same video oh, okay. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I said, that's, so, that's the yeah, only complaint I, I've got. I saw that on my my uh, feed up there in the booth. We I have a little computer screen that I look at with what's showing on the broadcast, and I saw that come up quite a few times. Uh, but what I will say is, uh, you know, this week we did all the media day stuff with all the drivers. So all seventeen full timers and and Kyle Larson. Uh, they did media day. They got asked a bunch of questions and uh, all kinds of stuff. I think each guy was in there for like an hour or an hour and a half or so. So hopefully by the time we come back, you know, we got a full month off now. By the time we come back, uh, hopefully when it comes to those types of breaks and stuff, we can use that content from that media day and uh, have some different stuff for, for people to watch at home. Well, so far, so good. I you know, I think the racing's been terrific, and, and really, that's the bottom line. The quality of the racing's got to be good. The the qual the quality of the racing yeah. has been fantastic. So that's far. first and foremost. Yeah, so that's you can the main thing. Fill in the gaps with all the rest of the stuff, but uh, no, so far, so good. And uh, a month off to kind of recapture what you've already started and uh-huh. fine tune uh-huh. things uh, coming up. So what do you, what are you going to do in the meantime? 
Um, well, I'm going to be doing some more videos on my on my YouTube channel, trying to you know just keep people interested in high limit when they're off. You know, during the off time, I'm not really sure what those videos are going to consist of quite yet, but going to try and some try and do some content stuff. Um, I'm going to be hopefully uh, golfing quite a bit around here. Hopefully the weather holds up. We can go golfing. I uh, went to a hockey game last night. Uh, going to be going to California here in about two weeks for some outlaw car racing out there for a big race. And uh, other than that, probably just uh, relaxing because when we come back, um, it's all hands on deck, man. We're going to be, I think we're going to be out for about a week and a half or two weeks. We're going to be running a lot of races in a very short amount of time. So, uh, and I'll probably rewatch some of the flow broadcasts to see what I can do better, what I can change, or you know what we can improve on. So, um, yeah, that's probably what I'll be doing here over this next couple of weeks. Hey, listen, bud, let me just tell you this. You've been doing a great job calling those races. Yeah. Let me just say, you, you've done a fantastic job, and, and nobody should be disappointed with the performance that you have on the air right now. Well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate that. You know, uh, that the second night there at Golden Isles, that was, I felt like, the most complete night that myself, my, I myself have put together uh, on the microphone, whether it's, you know, getting all the sponsors in for all the drivers and the four wide and uh, the playlist and, and all that stuff getting in there. So um, it was also nice to have Dustin Jarrett and, and James Essex up there to, to kind of help fill a little bit of that time in. And Tony Laporte has been doing a phenomenal job down there in the pits, getting some storylines and that piece he did with the fans on the back stretch was really cool. So, um, yeah, Saturday night felt like the most complete night we put together, but still obviously some stuff to improve on. And um, really excited for uh, the, the next couple tracks we got coming up, man. Uh, they are going to be exciting. You know, Gold Mile is kind of a bigger track. You know, bigger tracks, in my opinion, don't really put on the greatest of racing when it comes to 410s. But when we get to, like, Riverside and Red Dirt and some of these places, uh, that's when uh, that's when – Sprint cars can really show off what they're capable of, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Well, the ditch will deliver the goods. That, that's that's old style. That's old school. Uh, that takes you back in time going to the ditch. Hey, listen, the announcer's box up there at the ditch, I've been there. I've done many broadcasts at that racetrack. It's not the biggest box. In the it, it's not the biggest <laughs> box in the world up there, so you're going to be in kind of cramped quarters up there. They haven't redone it since you've been down there. Huh. The same one, right? It's the same box. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a little tight up there in that box, just so you know. Well, as long as I can stand up straight without having to, you know, crouch, then that's fine. We'll make it work. Well, that might be a we're pushing it. Yeah, as tall as you are, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you, you might have a problem up there. So just so you know, hey, hey, listen, Chase, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. I know we're going to visit with you each and every week here on. Uh, mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Thanks so much for doing it, and we 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 can't thank you enough for doing so. Yep, thank you guys for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you again here very soon. Thanks pick, again. Pick all it right. up, pick it up. Back in April. There you have yep. it. There's Chase Rodman joining us yep. here on Mostly Motorsports. And uh, we can't thank him enough for joining us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. We're going to talk a little bit about ASCS in a moment. Stay tuned for more of that when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together 
to support us. And we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank our guest enough today, Jacob Allen, Mike Marler, Chase Rodman. Good show today, folks. That's a heck Just, of a show, man. That was a heck of a show today. So, uh, I, hey, Todd, I think a lot of people are outside today don't yeah, you think we're watching some it, of our it's such a beautiful day outside yeah today. it's uh, i understand it guys it's it's beautiful out there and uh so for the people that are watching make sure you share this stream with everybody man and and, and share that subscription we're already at episode number today's 301 guys so i mean 301 can you believe that we've done three listen the first year how many how you many guys were doing it every Friday every, every day. day Monday through every Friday every day that we were doing it and so I I accumulated a lot of those broadcasts doing the show by myself without you, Kirk Kelly yeah you well Kirk was here he'd sit over here he he'd brought, sit, he'd he sit over there he he was always sitting there watching the yeah. show hey listen Jim on um YouTube. He, he's asking the question. He's hearing the rumors that ASCS might be up for sale. All I know is that the World Racing Group is trying to buy ASCS right now. That's all I know. Uh, I know that Brian Carter and Emmett Hahn had a meeting together in Tulsa, and I'm, I'm hearing the rumors that the World Racing Group is trying to buy ASCS, just so you know. Well, and I would think that, in my eyes, I would think that the the series, I think this it would be a good support series, and I think what people would probably learn is that when you travel up and down the road, listen, folks, I traveled up and down the road with the ASCS for 12 years, 13 years, and let me just say this, that... It is very difficult to travel up and down the road. And, and, and this is a way for people to learn how to travel up and down the road 
learn the expense of traveling up and down the road and trying to figure out exactly what it takes to travel up and down the road because it's not cheap, folks. Let me just tell you this. It is not very cheap to run up and down the road with the ASCS and any tour, to be honest with you. The World of Outlaws, the High Limit Series, um, ASCS, it's not cheap to run up and down the road. It costs a lot of money to run up and down the road, and this is going to give an opportunity for a lot of people to figure out how to travel up and down the road with ASCS, and we're hearing that the World Racing Group is trying to buy ASCS right now. And the season opener that was scheduled for the ASCS it's canceled. this uh, weekend is supposed to be Friday and Saturday at uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, has been canceled. And uh, I'll just read this uh, press release. Events at South Texas Race Ranch with the American Na uh, Sprint Car Series National Tour and S Gulf South Region on Friday, March 1st and Saturday, March 2nd has been canceled as we continue to work through several unforeseen circumstances. Work uh, is ongoing to preserve the 2024 season. Updates will be posted to ASCSRacing.com as well as the tour's social media outlets as they are made available. So that uh, is what it says here. And so uh, at least the season opener this weekend has been canceled. Let's hope they uh, work out whatever details they can to preserve ASCS in the 2024 season. We'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Yep, no doubt. Um, Mark Smith outduels Terry McCarl in the USCS race down at Southern Raceway. How about that, Kurt? That was on Saturday. That was after McCarl won on Friday night. Right. He, so he picked up the win on Friday night. Yep. T-Mac, a first and a second place finish, had 16 cars both uh, Friday and Saturday night down at Southern Raceway down in uh, Milton, Florida with the USCS. Also, uh, the opener of sprint car racing in Pennsylvania was this weekend. Yesterday, Sunday, at Lincoln Speedway, 410 wing sprint cars won by Troy Wagaman with Danny Dietrich finishing second, Freddie Raymer third, Aaron Bollinger, and Chase Dietz rounding out the top five as sprint car racing is underway for 2024 out in Pennsylvania. Also want to put in this note, uh, we're going to be out at the uh, Mayan Community Center in Bonner Springs this Saturday for the annual Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame event. You're going to emcee that event, right? Oh, yeah, looking forward to that. 20th annual event, and going into the Hall of Fame are Shorty Aker, J.D. Cormack, and Teo Osman, Jamie Hager, who we had on Track Talk on Saturday, Chet Hanby Jr., Don Hutchinson, Mike Kempton, Charlie Schinkel, D. Zelmer, and from the Pioneer Group, Al Bozarth are all inductees into the Hall of Fame. Uh, doors open at 3, program at 4. This is a new venue this year, the George Mayan Community Center, uh, 126th and State Avenue in Bonner Springs, Kansas. If you're interested in tickets, I think they might still have some available. Give Karen Darling a call. Her number is 660-229-0952. That's 
660-229-0952 for tickets. Catering by Christie's. So looking forward to that event this Saturday. That's, that's worth the price I, I, of admission alone right there. I doubt I'll be there. Get some Christie's. It'll be good to... It's good stuff. You've uh, had Christie's yeah. before, haven't you? Oh yeah, their their food's really good. Well, yeah, you got to go by go by their original place there in Turner, and you still there's where, a lot. Where are they at out there in Turner? I think it's at like fifty. It's in it's in, in down right downtown Turner. I mean, you can't miss it. Old school Turner, right by the old high school. It's right there on the left hand side of the road. Um, their tenderloins are great. All their let me tell you guys, they got great food, and it's packed all the time too. Like I said, and it doesn't take forever. I mean, it's one of those great burger stands. You get up, you order your food, they get you your drink. They've got shakes there. They've got everything. But let me tell you, lots of racing memorabilia in that place. Let me, you know, when you're in there, you know, there's a lot to look at while you're waiting for your food. Right, <laughs> a no lot doubt. of memorabilia in there. Hey, uh, a frog said he removed two trees yesterday. And this morning, yeah, I'm doing and it. pass it up with the perfect outside work. Yeah, I'm leaving. It's, it's perfect outside. Yeah, we're wrapping this show up now, and we're well, I'm going home to start working in the yard. It's perfect out, guys. It's awesome out. I, You know what I'm going to do today? Chill. I think I'm going to sit out there on my patio and enjoy the sun a little it's, bit. It's vitamin D. It'll do a body good. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, a couple other uh, racing notes. Want to slip this in. The United States Modified Touring Series opened up their 2024 season down at the Hunt County Raceway in Greenville, Texas over the weekend. After Jason Hughes won on Friday night, Jim Chisholm came up with the win of the 50-lap main event on Saturday night. Of course, we're just a couple of weeks away from the Heart of King of America down at Humboldt Speedway. King of America is one of the big crown jewel events and all of the uh, Dirt modified racing, the way the weather's been here over the last several weeks. We were thinking when they first scheduled this in early March, we'd think, ah, we'll see about that. But after the weather we've had over the last several weeks, we're thinking uh, they just might be able to pull that off with a great weekend coming up in two weeks, uh, March, uh, the week of March 9th. So uh, USMTS off and running. Pretty good action down in Texas this past weekend. Jim, Watch Chisholm, that on Jim Chisholm led 25 of the 50 laps. Yep. Did you see that, took, Kurt? took the lead with 25 to go right at the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jason Hughes uh, right with him, finished in second place in that. And he won feature. by two and a half seconds. He did. Mm-hmm. Tanner Mullins led early in the race, and then uh, Jim Chisholm able to take charge. 25 to go. Jason Hughes second, Tanner Mullins third, Derek Ramirez, and Lucas Schott rounding out the top five. Yep, no doubt. All right, guys, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank our guests enough, Jacob Allen, Mike Muller, Chase Rodman. And, uh, again, we can't thank Todd Surprise enough for doing the great job that he does each and every week for us here on Mostly Motorsports and Track Talk. So we can't thank him enough for doing so. For Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years.